0: Entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to
1: go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show. I'm honored to have you with us today. How do you... Or can you build a business in a crowded market? And just how important is it to find employees who are the right fit for your company culture? We'll be covering those topics, and we will talk entrepreneurship with our special guest, Todd Erdly, of Vidion Central, on the Business Builder Show today. I'm Marty Wolf, and along with our producer, Tom Jenkins, we're going to do our best to inform, educate, and inspire you, our audience of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and anyone who was seeking excellence in their personal and professional lives. Our sidekick, Kerry Carney, is off today, Tom. So we'll soldier on again. Yes, he's on the secret mission. He's on a secret mission. Tom, last week, our guest was Cal Newport, and he talked about how hard work trumps passion in finding the work you love. The idea is becoming a craftsman at what you do. So although the show so we are not going to talk about Cal's book today, I wanted to go back to something that I saw on Cal's blog this week that ties into what he said and actually ties into our our general thought of excellence on the Business Builders show from Cal Newport's blog. Remembering how hard work trumps passion and it says words of wisdom and a reader wrote to Cal and it says a reader recently pointed my attention to the following quote from the composer and artist John Cage. Here's the quote. If something is boring after two minutes, try it for four. If still boring, then eight, then 16, then 32. Eventually, one discovers that it is not boring at all. Let that one sink in a little bit, because that really ties into Cal Newport, is to work hard, get really good at what you want to be really good at and that someone will pay you for so i took us off track right from the get-go tom so i need to bring us back but i like that so i had to share it sure you know okay let's talk about surviving a crowded market surviving in a crowded market it says here um, innovation helps but execution is the key now this comes from a website called quora q u o r a and this site is where someplace where you can post questions, business questions, and authors or people, anyone quite frankly, but it's usually experts, can answer your question. So somebody offered this question up. How do I survive in an already crowded market, and in parentheses it says, without any new innovative product offering as an entrepreneur? So again, how do you survive in a crowded market? Innovation helps, it says. So the answer comes from a CEO of a company called EchoSign. And here is his feedback. He said, well, if you don't have anything innovative to talk about, that's definitely providing a little bit of a challenge. But wait. But wait. There's some good news here, quite frankly. Because large, crowded markets can be good. And why is that? Because you can scale quickly. Now, what do I mean by large, crowded markets can be good? Because people are already buying the products. Picture the cereal aisle of your grocery store. You got that in your in your sights? Um, go to a, an auto parts store and look at the uh, oil. How many brands? How many? Tom's nodding his yeah. head like it's, it's bewildering, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are a couple examples of what we would call crowded markets. But people are buying those products, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to... As an entrepreneur, break into some market like that, what's the answer? Well, what this uh, person responding to this question says, well, you need to think about becoming 10 times better than the current market leaders. So we'll use, um, I don't know, we'll throw out the name General Mills. Okay. They still make cereal, right? I haven't eaten. They, They're still there, <laughs> I right, They're not there a little while either. <laughs> <laughs> they're there. Um, and let's see who does oil? Uh, Quaker State. Okay. Well, I think of Quaker State. I think of wings anymore, well, but that's you know, locally, steak. Oh, okay. No wonder I have problems there. <laughs> He's drinking no wonder more I, oil. royal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That explains a lot of
2: things. Okay, <laughs>
1: That explains a lot of challenges I have with that. So let's get back to it. If you, as an entrepreneur, you want to enter a crowded market, he suggests to be ten times better than the current market leaders. Okay, so. Yeah, but
2: what's important there is this: is the current market leaders, not the past market leaders. That's the right. Cur- the ones that are going on right now.
1: Right, because if you're measuring yourself against the past, you're, you're the losers in some cases. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You want to benchmark yourself against the leader. So here's some ideas. You can be 10 times better possibly in one vertical or one segment of, of that. You can be really good at finance. You can really be good at sales. You can help companies in, in one particular part of their businesses as an entrepreneur. Another suggestion, you can be 10 times better for the market is going. Not for where it is today. Wayne Gretzky's famous quote is, I go to where I think the puck is going to be, not where it is. So, for instance, they use an example of uh, 10 times better on Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin has been up and down in terms of press one way or another. But can you look at and understand Bitcoin and be a leader in that? Because, quite frankly, there probably aren't any leaders. Can you put together a 10 times better team as an entrepreneur? Difficult. But if you find highly qualified people, and especially in a startup, as a startup entrepreneur, having a powerful team will almost always outsell, outmaneuver, outthink, outinnovate the competition. Maybe you can be ten times better at either one, narrowing your market so that you're very offering a very specific product, for instance, maybe a healthy cereal for preschool children. Okay? Maybe narrow it down. On the other hand, maybe you want to expand something, add something that the competitor doesn't already have. So it can go either way. But the bigger the market, actually, there's a good opportunity, but you have to figure out a segment. So there's different. uh, Hopefully, this is making sense, Tom. Very much so. In terms of that.
2: And what it sounded like to me is that it's okay. You don't have a new innovative product, but how about you take the product you do have and make that better than the other products?
1: For instance, Google was not the first search engine. Right. Facebook was not the first social network. LinkedIn was not the first job board. Gmail was not the first email site. iPod was not the first portable music player. By the way, I can't even remember who was the first, by mm-hmm. the way. They obliterated the market yeah. with the iPod.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, the iPad was not the first tablet. Now, we know there's a lot of tablets out there. I would assume the best seller is iPad. Um, what? And by the way, this information is coming from another person who responded to this question. How can you uh, stand out in a crowded market? And so here's some suggestions that this person came up with. They said... These companies that I just mentioned, they zoomed on what he called the essence of their product, and they executed relentlessly. Google focused on simplicity, speed, and relevance. LinkedIn focused on building dynamic resumes and user acquisition. Gmail focused on speed, security, and a large storage space. iPod focused on simplicity and attractiveness. iPad focused on user-friendliness simplicity in building a dynamic app store. Did you notice a word that I mentioned a couple times? Simplicity. Simplicity. That can be a distinctive difference. Make it easy to use. Make it available. Make it easy to use. So, segment one, Tom, already wrapping up. We are going to go to our interview with our special guest, Todd Erdly of Vidion Central. We'll be right back on the Business Builder Show.
0: Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf.
1: I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving, but my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call, but I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all
4: the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax or give us your payroll information securely online and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychecks right now. 877-650-0277. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277. The greatest
3: customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. driver of the cab is going to be mine jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line, and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? <laughs> Said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. (laughs) This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in The Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry.
0: Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome
1: back to the Business Builders Show. Our special guest today is Mr. Todd Erdley. Hello, Todd.
5: Hey there, Marty. Great to talk with you.
1: I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let me introduce Todd. Todd Erdley is the president and CEO of a company called Vidion Central, which he founded in 1997. Todd received his B.S. and M.S. degrees in electrical engineering from Penn State and is a proud native of Center County, which is where Penn State is located. So we have so much to talk about. I'm going to shorten up the introduction because we'll get that all coming out in this conversation, Todd. So, again,
5: welcome to the Business Builder Show. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. Look forward to talking with you and your listeners.
1: So the first place on it goes, Vidion Central is the name of the company, I kind of know what you do, but explain it to me. What products and or services the Videon Central offer? And kind of tell me a little bit about your customers. What do they look like?
5: Or let's start it like this. You know, literally, many of the people that might listen to this show could be our customers because if you've ever played back a Blu-ray or a DVD, you probably have used our technology for years and years since the start of the business. We've been providing Blu-ray and DVD technology to the likes of Samsung, LG, Sony, Toshiba, Panasonic. Now, what does that mean, providing technology? What it means is that when you press the remote control to say, play, pause, stop, movie, you're talking to our software that Mm. sits in the box and makes the box do what it needs to do. Mm. So that's how we got started. Now, the problem is that Blu-ray and DVDs aren't the most popular thing in the world. So lately, what we've done is we've flipped to a new technology and transitioned the company to a thing called Avia, A-V-I-A. And Avia is a personal media streaming technology that exists in the Google Play market. And so it goes out and it looks at your tech, at your uh, your products, be it mm-hmm. a phone or a tablet or a mm-hmm. computer, mm-hmm. and it finds your personal media and allows you to play that back from that phone or send it to a TV or what have you. So, a V is our new move forward, and, and that's being sold to consumers, and it's also being white listed, white branded, and sold to LG, Samsung, Sony, and companies like that.
1: Fascinating, happening out of beautiful State College, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I love this. And you believe it. And and again, the show is in several markets. And as we talk, Todd, I want to remind entrepreneurs and our listeners that some of the things that you're going to be sharing can be applied um, wherever you are. But let's back up a little bit. So that was a great explanation. I finally understand now, Todd
5: awesome thank you and please buy our our product marty
1: <laughs> we're not going to talk about credit cards or anything like that todd not just yet okay okay let's back up how did you get started i mean where did this idea come from i mean it's kind of uh, unusual so did you see a need or how, how did all this start
5: I started a company here in State College, Pennsylvania, and I really did not know what I was doing, and ultimately that company failed and you know with, with entrepreneurs, I tend to look at people as being entrepreneurial based on their willing to willingness to take a risk, willingness to pivot, willingness to fail. so mm-hmm. I'm very, very willing to do all three of those things. and so when my first company failed, the only logical thing was take a risk, possibly fail again, but definitely pivot. And so I said, look, I have some very smart people I could get my hands on. Why don't I start an engineering service company? Mm. And we knew something about optical disk technology. This was happening in 97. So I went out to the West Coast. I borrowed $3,500 from my father. I paid for my my ticket to the West Coast and I went knocking on doors and I said, if you will give me a $5,000 down payment, I will sell you engineering services for $40 an hour and I'll guarantee that rate for no less than six months. I came back from the West Coast. Two weeks later, I had $10,000. A month later, we had $40,000. And in the first six months, we did half a million in sales. Wow. All I did was I went to the customer. I made a big ask. I gave them a value proposition. I showed them what we could do. And then the opportunity to sell and to receive the result of that sale was obvious.
1: Hmm. Great story. A real entrepreneurial story. Great story. So, so that part went well. Uh, You've got customers right out of the gate there. Some other thoughts in terms of your growth at the beginning, like uh, some other ideas of what went well in terms of the growth of the business at the beginning.
5: Well, what went well is, you know, initially – You get that first customer and you say, wow, I have a company and this customer loves me. And then what I realized I needed to do is, you know, one customer does not make a company, you know, 75% of the business. Mm -hmm. So what are the attributes of that customer? What do other customers look like that might resemble that customer? So then I started to go out and hard target a wider set of customers. And so I approached that and I expanded my customer base. Mm -hmm. And then I said to my customers, you know, you have lots of people calling on you to utilize your technology and you came to me because you needed extra help Mm. are there customers that you just can't service Mm. and my customers said well of course Mm. and they look like this and I said well hey how about we make a deal I'll continue to help you but for all those customers that you can't service tell them about me and I'll go help them So, what I did, Marty, was I effectively turned my customers into my sales group. Wow. And through that, I started to get into alternative markets. For instance, high-end home theater. For instance, supplying product for in-flight entertainment associated with private jets. It wasn't because I knew those markets. It's because my customers became my selling agents and drove opportunity to me.
1: Wow. Brilliant. That's excellent. <laughs> it really is excellent. Yeah, I, I want to talk about challenges, but, but I want to back up, and I kind of let it pass, but I shouldn't have, and Carrie just wrote me a note. Go back to something. You said pivot. So what was the first things that you said there? You said take a risk.
5: Yeah, I think, that, I think there's three critical things of entrepreneurs. I think there's three critical things of people in, in general as it applies to the working world. How willing are you to take a risk? Okay, so everybody should think right now, do I like risk or do I not like risk? And then depending on how much risk you want to take, you might fail. Do you accept failure? Do you get stuck in failure? And then once you get to that failure point or near to that failure point, are you willing to pivot? Are you willing to significantly change who you are, what you do, how you do it? Mm. And what I find is serial entrepreneurs and serial intrapreneurs, just as important as being an entrepreneur, have high, high amplitudes on risk, pivot, and failure. Pivot so meaning I mean, you, you make adjustments? You make adjustments. So I'll give you a for instance. I started an engineering service-based company. I am now a product-based company. Mm. For us to flip from service to product required deep thinking, deep learning, failure points on my behalf as far as how I led my team, how I constructed my team, how we spent money on research. It was a hard pivot. It was fraught with failure. But if I wanted to stay relevant with the market trends, I needed to switch.
1: Mm. Interesting. Uh, Brutal facts of reality. (laughs) Yes. Right? Yes. You had to take yes. a look at it. You had to make some adjustments. Okay. So things were going well. We've got about a minute or so before we have to close out this segment. Uh, we have a lot more to talk about, but some some primary challenges or problems, whatever you want to call them, at the beginning. You, you talked a little bit about it, but anything specific that, like, really
5: hit you upside the head? Well, I think that... the there are two things that would be worth talking about it would be funding and it would be how you construct partnerships and build a business and mm-hmm. and we'll quickly hit the funding thing when you start a company with no money and you aren't bankable you have to find creative ways to really 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 build yourself and so what i did was i used customer money as much as possible getting mm-hmm. down payments early payments accelerated payments Factoring, all sorts of things. People immediately think to start a company they need to get a bank loan or they need to get venture money or angel money. That's simply not the case. Yes. You can utilize your customer. If you have a worthwhile product or service to offer, your customer can be your bank.
1: Yes, and we are hearing that repeatedly, Todd. That is such good advice. If you don't, be creative, number one, like you, or be creative. Think of the options. Don't go to the bank so quick. Don't go to investors so quick. That is such an important lesson. We talk a lot about that on the show. So we need to take a short break. We are with uh, Todd Erdley of Videon Central. We will be right back after these short messages.
0: Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.
1: I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving. But my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the
4: hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychecks right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277.
2: Dear business owner, the shocking truth is many small businesses fail or don't meet the owner's expectations. You want help, but you're not sure where to turn. Maybe you're not sure how a qualified and experienced business coach can help you grow your business. Would a no risk guarantee of measurable results put your mind at ease about using a business coach? Call Marty Wolf Business Solutions at 570-815-1626 today to learn more about a risk-free offer. A short conversation with Marty Wolf Business Solutions is your first step to benefit from a proven business coach guaranteeing results. Call 570-815-1626 today. This offer is only available to all small business owners located in the continental United States. Want to be a success story instead of a business failure statistic? Then call Marty Wolf Business Solutions today to learn more about this risk free offer. 570 815 1626.
0: Informing, educating, and encouraging. The Business Builder Show
1: with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. We are having fun, and we are learning from our guest today, Todd Erdley, and he is the president and CEO of a company called Vidion Central. Todd, the best way for people to connect with you, what would you suggest?
5: Well, the best way to learn about Vidion and a little bit about me is you can go to our website, www.vidion, V-I-D-E-O-N-CENTRAL.COM. And there's all sorts of information about the company. There's videos, uh, and you can get to uh, my email there, and I'd love to talk to people more about business as the opportunity arises.
1: That actually sets us up beautifully for what I want to talk to you about now. You like working with other entrepreneurs. You are obviously comfortable in the space talking about this. You started something in your market area, which I want to remind people can. Some of these ideas can be applied no matter where you are. You started something called Cren, C-R-E-N. What does that stand for, and what's it all about?
5: Cren, really simple. Center Region Entrepreneurial Network. It could be... It could be Kansas Regional Entrepreneur Network. It can be anywhere Regional Entrepreneur Network. What Mm -hmm. is it about? There are chambers of business and industry and they tend to be networking and selling opportunities. They're not that great necessarily for entrepreneurs that are creating growth and small business type of Mm entities. And so what I did was I said, hey, let's get together as an entrepreneurial community. Let's come together and let's just come with one simple rule be more interested in those that you're talking to than you are telling your own story. Mm. And if everybody comes with that mindset, all of a sudden you start to learn about one another and you learn about connections. And guess what? You start talking about best practices. And pretty soon you start to have a beautiful network of discussions start to form. And so... Cren was started four or five years ago, and we just had an event here at Videon about two, three weeks ago where we had almost 200 people attending. Wow.
1: Wow. That's great, Todd.
5: So it's working out really well, obviously. Um, It is working out really well, and I just want to point out that This is an opportunity for people to get to know each other that they didn't even know existed in this community. And that's the beauty of it, just bringing entrepreneurs together in a very safe haven to learn about this thing called entrepreneurship and business building.
1: Safe haven, important words there. What what would be some of the topics? Like you have a meeting, what what would a meeting look like? What would you, an example of something you might talk about?
5: Well, people would bring up the topic, have you ever missed payroll? And what did you do about it? Mm what about hiring senior staff? And then we start to talk about this thing about starting a business with partners and and partners, boy, that's a, that's a really important topic. That's one where I get a little bit passionate about because partnerships and businesses, when you start are very difficult. People want to start a business and immediately they give up stock to say, well, this is my friend. This is that blah, blah, blah. And I say, wow, you've made your number one mistake that you'll ever make in a business. As soon as you, yeah structure it with a lot of partners mm-hmm. if you don't mind for a minute i'd, oh, like I'd love, dive I'd love into to hear this
1: one. We, we talked about this dad and you grabbed me with this so yeah it's your mic go for it man
5: <laughs> wonderful you know there is a person that's going to have an idea and a person that's going to stand up a business and you will need partners but before you get too many partners i would advise everybody to ask the partnership four basic questions As a partner, do you first and foremost understand that it's unlimited time that you're going to put into the entity? Most people should be able to cross over that hurdle. The second thing that needs to be asked is, do you understand as a partner that pay is a benefit, not a right? Now it gets a little bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. That's mentally difficult for some people. The third point of a partnership is that as a partner, do you realize that at any point in the business's history that you might have to put money in proportional to your capacity? Mm -hmm. That one stops a lot of people in their Mm -hmm. tracks. Mm -hmm. Look, I can work hard. I don't need a salary, but you want me to put money in? Wait a second. Mm -hmm. So that starts to say, hmm, maybe that person isn't as big of a partner as what they otherwise would be. But the number one and the fourth question in the, this train of thinking and the number one most important is this. This is the big one. Do you understand as a partner that you're going to sign personal guarantees on all financial transactions, including bank loans, that could, if the business fails, cause you to go into personal bankruptcy? Whoa. Wow. But But that's. That's the whole thing. Yes. If you have people that you believe are partners, that they're not willing to say yes to all those things, then don't give away 25%. Don't give away 50%. Think about that 5 to 10%. And really use those series of questions, both in the good times and the bad times, to make sure that everybody is of the same thought process.
1: Mm-hmm. Boy, that's solid. And if I may add, you, you, you talk, the partners should bring real value. In addition to money or the sweat equity, they should bring real value that you wouldn't have otherwise. Is that okay to say,
5: too? Uh, it's absolutely important to say. But here's the other thing that's fascinating about partners that value is proportional. Let's go back to an earlier point. That value is proportional to their ability to risk, their ability to fail, and their ability to pivot as the company goes through different phases of growth. A partner day one doesn't mean that that partner has the same rights entitlement and advantage to the company day 15, day 15 years, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So partnerships are a living, breathing element of the organization that's sometimes the most difficult thing for the business owner to truly put together.
1: Mm, Right on. And so we hit two points there. Very, very good. Funding for entrepreneurship and partners. A clinic. That was was excellent. Now, I want to move on to something else that, uh, again, we had a conversation about this. You... Saw, I guess, what you're calling an economic imbalance in central PA, in central Pennsylvania, yeah. where you're located, and and again, this can apply everywhere else. And we're actually, believe it or not, down to our last couple of minutes, uh, Todd. But you saw this economic imbalance in central PA. What do you mean? And, and, and what are you doing about that? Or how are you getting involved?
5: So economic development really is based on companies that bring money in from the outside world. In many communities, it might be based on one or two major employers. In this area, it was based on Penn State. Mm-hmm. And Penn State University, great university, it funds a lot of the growth of this community. But the private sector, the entrepreneurial sector, is not quite as strong as what it needs to be. Penn State creates such a shadow that this could quickly be considered, if we're not careful, a company town. Mm. And that, true could be applicable to many other communities in this country. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is I've really pushed hard on the private sector to have a goal. We have a goal here called 3B33, generating $3 b 33 generating 3000000000 in annual economic output from the private sector sector by 2033. That's a fourfold increase from where we are right now. If we achieve that, we create great balance for this town, great opportunity for other business owners, a wonderful quality of life. It's an advantage to everybody. And so this 3B33 thing and this economic balance is a big passion of mine. And it's a way of me and other entrepreneurs saying thank you to all those that created the dynamics that exist within the town to get it to where it is today. Wow,
1: and I know you're moving forward on that with Cren and with that initiative, and, and I know you love working with entrepreneurs. You've been helpful to me over the years. I've enjoyed speaking with you and, and actually Todd, unfortunately, we need to wind down. So we have been speaking with Todd Erdley, and he is the president and CEO of Vidion Central. Todd, thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show.
5: Marty, it was an honor. I appreciate the opportunity, and best of luck to all those business builders in your network.
1: Thanks so much, man. Have a great one. And you as well.
0: Presenting the thought leaders of today. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.
3: The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. driver of the cab that's going to be mine jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line, and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? <laughs> said I'm taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. <laughs> this is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in The Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry.
2: Dear business owner, the shocking truth is many small businesses fail or don't meet the owner's expectations. You want help, but you're not sure where to turn. Maybe you're not sure how a qualified and experienced business coach can help you grow your business. Would a no-risk guarantee of measurable results put your mind at ease about using a business coach? Call Marty Wolf Business Solutions at 570-815-1626 today to learn more about a risk-free offer. A short conversation with Marty Wolf Business Solutions is your first step to benefit from a proven business coach guaranteeing results. Call 570-815-1626 today. This offer is only available to all small business owners located in the continental United States. Want to be a success story instead of a business failure statistic? Then call Marty Wolf Business Solutions today to learn more about this risk-free offer. 570-815-1626.
0: Presenting the thought leaders of today. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.
1: Welcome back to the Business Builders Show. Todd Erdley, Vidion Central. An MBA class, he delivered. Excellent, excellent interview. I want to tie in what Todd was saying and tie into segment one of the show on an article we found titled, How to Nail Employee Fit. In your organization this is by Christine Kern and Christine is part of what's called the table group and a lot of you folks may be familiar with the name Patrick Lencioni I'm not saying I'm pronouncing that correctly I think I <laughs> think I'm pretty close and he is famous for writing the book the five dysfunctions of a team which is a very famous book so she is one of the senior consultants with that group so um, and what Patrick deals with is company culture and so that's what this is about so Hiring the right people is a challenge for a lot of companies. I had to choose my words carefully, yeah. Tom. You saw me. You, you saw me struggling, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I had
0: a feeling I know what you were wanting to say. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I slowed down uh, and I said, "Okay, think about this." You know, quickly, especially in the first year of a business, when you know, hiring the right people, bringing them on, um, is is a real challenge. And actually, there's some statistics in here. It says that. Uh, um, employees uh, are a big problem and actually bringing on the right partners is a big problem in uh, their first or second year of business and actually Todd early as you know Todd talked about bringing uh, partners on and I, I just loved the way he explained that two main factors come into play when you're bringing on new employees and it boils down to um, their skills And are they a match for your company from a cultural standpoint? When you're looking at an employee from a skill level, you're lucky in the sense that you can look at their education. You can look at their employment history. um, You can check personal references, which, by the way, Tom, most companies don't check personal references. I was just going to say,
2: every place I've ever really applied for no one has ever called my references. It's
1: absolutely shocking to me, by the way, that that happens. People are in so much of a hurry to hire um, that they don't. And a lot of people say, well, you can't really find out things because of uh, um, legal issues. That's uh, baloney, by the way. You can talk to someone without breaking any mm-hmm. rules in sure terms can. of you know the legal part of it. So check references. She's suggesting that and I'm suggesting that. Um, but the one part is the skills. And... If you kind of have a mismatch with the skills, um, you do all your due diligence, but it's not a a, not a match. That that becomes obvious. If 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 a new producer came walking here, Tom, and started to fool around with dials and and bells and whistles and um, never recorded me, I would know that they didn't have the skills to do what you do. It would be easy to let that person go. They just don't have the skills. They can't do the job. Right. So so that's that's kind of easy. Although companies sometimes wait too long to let people go. If you interview a lot of CEOs, that's the number one or two. You say, you know, what was, um, what, what didn't you do really well? Almost all CEOs say, well, I held on to certain people too long. So a little aside, finding and matching up people with skills, as we've said, is kind of the easier thing to do as opposed to finding people for a cultural match and I suppose one of the reasons why that's a little difficult is because sometimes you'll have someone who is a perfect match from a skill standpoint that skilled board operator that skilled salesperson that skilled vice president they're really good in terms of their core competencies but culturally (laughs) they might be a disaster okay so this whole cultural thing is is can be it's it's challenging it is challenging It becomes really important to look at both skills and culture. So here's some suggestions. The main one is hire people based on your core value. What is your core value or your core values? As a company, any size company, you should know what they are. We're gonna talk about some examples in a minute. But by the way, you can't have 52 core values. <laughs> you just can't. You need to know, you know, what do you stand for? What do you want people to know about you? If the company, if you decided to sell the company, what would bring value to that company? So let's talk about um, some core values and the way some people are handling this. So, for instance, if you had a core value that you wanted people to be really good at um, being a team member, okay? Okay. Uh, in the interview you may want to ask i like this tom yeah, i'm going to just read it he said uh, instead of saying you know are you are you a good team player which are, what do you think they're going to say of course they're going to
2: lie a, even if they... <laughs> i'm a great team player absolutely
1: <laughs> yeah so here's what they suggest they said instead of asking how good are you at teamwork ask the person in the interview Name all the members of your last team and tell us some personal details about each one. Hmm. That's pretty powerful, Sure. So if your core value is to is teamwork, and that's important in your organization, for whatever reason, ask them. Ask the person you're interviewing. Name the members of their team and, and give them some personal details about that person. Another example is this plumbing company that Christine talks about. How about this for a core value, Tom? From a plumbing company, quote, jump in the ditch attitude, <laughs> which what they mean by that is that, you know, you got to be able to pitch in, you know, and get things done no matter no matter what it is. Go, you're expected to go above and beyond above and beyond. So uh, the way to kind of find that out is to ask a question, say, you know, tell us about the last time you did something outside of your area. In other words, what you do every day. Did you get out? Of your comfort zone. Did you do something special? In other words, jump in the Dutch ditch. Excuse me. Attitude. You jump right into it. Whatever needed to be um, brought in. Now I want to bring up something. Kerry is not with us today, but Kerry made a recommendation, okay. and this has to do with um, cultural fit. So let me share something with you from a book called "Leaders Eat Last" by someone we mention often on this show. His name is Simon Sinek. Um, Rather than read it, I'm going to kind of give you a summation. And again, it's from the book Leaders Eat Last. And it talks about November 2008. Terrorists armed with automatic weapons attacked sites in Mumbai, India, and they killed over 160 people. The Taj Mahal Palace Hotel was one of those sites. We're all familiar with the Taj Mahal Hotel. There were stories of operators, telephone operators, who made it out. But realize there was guests still in there, went back into the building and led guests out and actually created a wall to protect the guests as they were fleeing this building that was on fire. That was dangerous. Um, explosions. You get this picture? Mm-hmm. Dangerous. Very dangerous. So the question is, why did they do that? And actually, they couldn't figure out Why? All right. But here's the story. The story is this. The reason really isn't elusive. It was the result of the culture the leaders of the Taj Mahal had instilled. And this culture was you will protect, you will take care of your guests. And that they took that cultural so strong it became a life and death situation. So that's a powerful story about culture. So when you're hiring you want to hire people who have both the skills and the culture because if you do that right especially the cultural part you'll save yourself a lot of time money and anxiety because it is so important to have that right match and again this comes from an article how to nail employee fit and the person who wrote it is christine kern and this is uh, from let's see here from Inc. Magazine, the online version of Inc. Magazine and the book. I want to refer to the book, too. Again, Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. So we set out to inform, educate and inspire you. I hope we accomplished that today. Tom, thanks for your help doing a show we are very proud of. And Carrie, thank you for sending me that part about the culture of the Taj Mahal. Very effective. Special thanks to our guest, Todd Erdley of vidyan Central from State College. Next week, our guest will be Jen Groover, G-R-O-O-V-E-R. Jen has been tagged by Success Magazine as a one-woman brand and a creativity and innovation guru. You may not recognize her name, but you'll know her product. It's the Butler Bag. The Butler Bag. So hopefully you'll join us next week. Thank you so much for being with us today. We have so much to share with you, so please come back. I'm Marty Wolf. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.
0: Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf.
3: The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. driver of the cab that's going to be mine jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line, and shouts, are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. <laughs> this is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in The Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I
1: can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving, but my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call, but I know I need help. We're
4: Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychecks right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277.